Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is Matt Spiegel, and I can't wait to bring you season two of the PBP, Voices of Baseball. The very best play-by-play voices in the game talk about their craft. It's a job so special that even Joe Buck told us he will probably go back to it. I'm 53, basically 54. I, I think it's too early to say nevers at this point in my life. I think at some point I'll get the itch again. Incredible guests sharing great stories from your favorite teams coming this year. Find us on the Odyssey app or wherever you find podcasts. It's time. Time for silver and black today. To the ground game. Touchdown Las Vegas. We're breaking down the latest Raider news from on and off the field. And bringing you conversations with newsmakers and record breakers. So hold on, Raider Nation. It's time to get get it it on. Here's your host, Scott Goldbranson and Mo Moulton. Happy Friday, Raider Nation. It's time for the weekend. That means, what? We're just a little bit away from some football tomorrow as the Raiders roll down to South Beach. Yeah, they're rolling. Are they having drinks, Mo? Are they? No, they're there for football. And we're here to talk about Raiders football. Mo Moten, he is the national uh, NFL reporter from Bleacher Report. Also, the Raiders columnist at SportsNot.com. You can follow him on Twitter at MOE. M-O-T-U-N. You can see it right there on the screen if you're watching us, or you can follow me at LV Gully. If you're listening to us on our audio feed, subscribe, please give us a five-star rating. Also, if you're on YouTube, subscribe, hit the notification bell. Okay, enough of that stuff. But we are here on this Friday because we're going to give you the gift of knowledge so that when you tune in to the Raiders game tomorrow night, you can focus in on a couple guys who might be fighting for their roles or for a couple guys we think we just want to see play to see where they're at. So, Mo, let's dive in and talk about the top three guys. We'll start with your first player, um, if you will, please. Inform folks of who you're going to be keying in on uh, tomorrow night when the Raiders kick off in Miami. I briefly mentioned him on during Thursday's show, Rakia Sin, who came back to practice on Wednesday. A lot of Rakia Sin to start. Um, I'm not as uh, high saying that he's going to be a lock there simply because if Anthony Averett is on the field, I think he has a chance to kind of wrestle some snaps away from him. Had an up and down year last year with the Colts. He's basically the third cornerback on that depth chart. So I want to see how well he plays. Is he back up to speed after missing some time? Uh, can he solidify that starting role? And basically start the season off on the right foot. I think it's very important for him to get some snaps because, again, he has to get back up to speed. Absolutely. Uh, and that's a good one. Best name in football still. Still my favorite name. I wanted the Raiders just to draft him so I could say the name a lot. That's how much I like his name. But, yes, huge player uh, with such upside. And so I agree with you. Mm-hmm. I want to see him out there. I want to see him. I want to see Trayvon Mullen a little bit coming off that foot injury. I want to see him break full on that foot and see how it works uh, in the game of play. So we'll see that. My first guy I'm going to give you is someone you also mentioned on Thursday's show, and we've actually talked a lot about over the last week, and that is running back Kenyon Drake. 
I think he's fighting for a roster spot. He might already be, oh my gosh, there's a fly in my studio. He might already be uh, on the outside looking in. So to me, as you so uh, finally pointed out last show, Mo, if he plays a lot of snaps, I mean a lot of snaps in this game against Miami tomorrow night, that tells me they are actively shopping him, trying to get out a little bit of that salary so they can go out and spend and either trade or sign free agents to fill some of those defensive spots and, of course, address some depth on that offensive line. Yeah, and I totally agree with that. It's it's a matter of if he's playing three quarters with a bunch of third stringers, that's a red flag. But um, just to bounce back off of um, your pick, my second guy, Bilal Nichols, um, yeah. like Rocky, I said, came back to practice on Wednesday, spent a lot of time on the pup list. The Raiders fans obviously happy to see him back because the defensive line has been the talk uh, leading up to this game tomorrow. So mm-hmm. I want to see what he's got. Can he can he fix some of the problems in run defense? Can he uh, apply some pressure on the interior? Because the Raiders need that between Max Crosby and Chandler Jones. I, I think he's probably the most important defensive li- interior defensive lineman on that roster because he has the ability to play on all three downs. He has the ability to stop the run and rush the passer. And I think if he shows that, it'll quell some of the concerns Raiders fans have about the interior of the defensive line. Yes, absolutely. All right, moving to mine, my second player to watch in this Dolphins-Raiders matchup, it's Jermaine Illuminor. I want to see him at right tackle. I want to see him out there um, because I think he has the opportunity to win that job. Uh, And if he can play well enough, he might be able to just save the Raiders some money so that they can invest it in other places. They still need some depth there. I still would like to see them, as we've said for two weeks now, sign a veteran for that offensive line, especially that right side. Um, but, but Mo, I know you've talked a lot about his performance. I like what he's done. I like the improvement. I like everything about what he's done. Does he make some mistakes? Of course he does. Every offensive lineman does. It's not an easy position to play. But his progression to me has been pretty impressive through this training camp and in through these two games. Yeah, absolutely. The fact that he could play inside and outside, I think, is valuable to the team. Uh, I think he could be their emergency right tackle if they aren't completely sold on Thea Mumford or Alex Edwood. I think he's probably the the safest guy to put there unless they bring in someone else off the scrap heap. I think they trust him because he's played with the yeah. Patriots for two years. He played the right tackle position under Josh McDaniels, and they brought him back for a reason. Now, if he's your starter, it, he's more of a placeholder than a long-term solution, but at least you can depend on him, right? Well, and, that, and, uh, and the depth, right? Because even mm-hmm. though Josh McDaniel said they had depth, um, this, but he is there. If he, can, if he can play solid at right tackle, then you say, okay, now if we go get a guy, if, we, if there's somebody out there that we can go come in who's a bona fide starter there, because Illuminor can move around to your point, now you start to build that kind of depth you need in the trenches to really win up front. Yeah, and he and I said this on a previous show. He reminds me of Denzel Good, where yeah. you, he could play a right tackle, he could play inside. He's reliable, versatile, and I think with Denzel Good retired now, he's the new Denzel Good coming coming in, coming back to the Rays, I should say, under the new regime. But just to stay on that right tackle position, the third guy that I'll be looking at is whoever starts at the position, whether it's Jermaine Luminar <laughs> or Thea Mumford or Alex Leatherwood, just the quick update on the position to Sean Reed the athletic said on Wednesday that 
Thea Mumford took most of the first team reps before he he got banged got up late in yeah. practice. And Alex Leatherwood was mostly with the backups. So there were a lot of people on our post-game show on after the Vikings game saying, oh, just because Alex Leatherwood was playing with third and fourth stringers doesn't mean anything. He could start week one. And I think it's clear that he he is not in the front-running position for that spot. No. I mean, we started off training camp where he was taking – he was behind Brandon Parker. Brandon Parker, before he got hurt, was taking most of the first-team reps. Now he's taking most of the backup reps, and Dan Mumford is taking most of the first-team reps in a recent practice. That should tell you something. So whoever starts at right tackle against Miami, that may tell us a lot about how the Raiders feel about the position and who's the front-runner there. That's a great point. By the way, still nothing on Brandon Parker. I know Raider Nation kind of doesn't care. They'd like him to go away. But interesting that we've heard zero about it, maybe because people realize he's not the answer there, and so they don't care as much. But usually you get some sort of update, but that's not a good sign for him uh, that, that no one's even talking about. Nobody asks the question, uh, and the coaches haven't given us an update either. I think it's a sign that either he is actually going to eventually go on IR, because usually mm-hmm. sometimes a player gets hurt and you don't hear anything about it. It's real quiet. It kind of reminds me of Rich, uh, Richie Incognito last year. Yes. Remember, he great, got great, hurt. Yeah, great example. You, you didn't hear a lot about him. It was kind of tight-lipped. I think Brandon Parker, if he's not back at practice in the next week, it's a possibility he may he may actually go on IR. The interesting thing, though, if they were really worried about Brandon Parker – I'm not sure why they wouldn't bring in a right tackle if they felt like he would be gone for the year because they did yeah. sign him to a decent contract for a backup. So I felt like if they were really concerned about him, they would bring in at least a right tackle for a trial, and they haven't done that yet. So it's, yeah. it's up in the air with him. I don't know what's going on there. So, Mo, my, my third guy is a guy, this is because I have a soft place in my heart for him, and I know you do too, and, and it's not been going well for him, and that is a Meek Robertson. Uh, I think Meek Robertson uh, this week's probably playing for his job period for you know just to to be around because and to extend it another week he's he's the odd man out he has not played well um and I think the chances are slim but I'm going to be watching just to see because um a kid like that who who I talked to early on when he was drafted uh you like to see something good happen and maybe it's not maybe this isn't the place for him but you'd like to see him at least put some good film together so that he could maybe catch on somewhere on a practice squad and continue his career yeah, and I wrote about that at the beginning of the week that I think Sam – I have Sam Webb ahead of Amik Robinson. I think actually Sam Webb could leapfrog Amik Robinson and cause Amik Robinson to lose his roster spot. And I, and I own up to that. A lot of Raiders fans know I, I've i been the guy that said, give Amik a chance and yep. maybe he could show you something. But after his performance against the Vikings, I, I, I can't defend him anymore. He had two mental errors, as I pointed out, the play-action play where he bit on that, and then he had a holding penalty. It's just not a good look with a coaching staff that's harped so much on details and not making mental errors. And he made two mental errors on one drive. It just it just wasn't a good look. And as you said, I, I don't think he even if he has a decent game against the Dolphins, I still have trouble putting him on the roster. It just could be a showcase that maybe he can catch on somewhere else. Another team will like what he did. Yeah, that's what you got to hope for is that he can put some, you know, put some good film together so that your most recent stuff is good and you can catch on, maybe get on a practice squad and stick around. I mean, that's a lot of guys do that sometimes stick around for four or five years before they they get back on an active roster and and contribute. So uh, hopefully that happens. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. 
players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Another thing, though, I want to mention, because we talked about Kenyon Drake in this game against the Dolphins tomorrow night, um, and we talked about if he plays a lot, it's a bad sign for him at the Raiders. Good for the Raiders from the the point that they can create more value, which he already has intrinsically. But uh, there are guys, I think, who might play quite a bit, and it's a good thing. And I think one of those guys is the star of the game last week, and that's DJ Turner. I think DJ Turner will get a lot of snaps because they're, that that position, as we talked about on Thursday's show, very competitive wide receiver. But I think these coaches like what he's doing. He showed out last game, and I think they now get to the point where, like, okay, show us again. And if you are consistently doing this, even against you know second and third stringers in the preseason, then he continues to help himself and make that wide receiver room even more competitive. Yeah, two things I want to discuss here. The big question now is, do the Raiders keep five or six wide receivers? They mm-hmm. keep six. I think DJ Turner has a great chance of being one of those six because he can, he can contribute on special teams as a returner. If they keep five, it's probably a battle between him and T. Billy Tyron Johnson. Because I think Mac Collins is pretty much safe. He he was basically a special teams maven in Miami. So Miami's right. familiar with right. him. Uh, he seems to have a good rapport with Derek Carr. That matters. Uh, Keelan Cole has the reputation. He has the past production. I think the Reds see him as, as, a, as a role player who can give you a big play here and there. Had a pretty decent showing against the Vikings. So I think it comes down to DJ Turner and Tyron Johnson. Both guys have some speed. Uh, which is something that, the, again, the Raiders wide receiver core lacks. So I believe they both have a chance for the same reason. Now, who I think whoever has a better game will probably get the front-running position for that, I guess, that fifth spot. And then we'll see who they keep. But DJ Turner is a guy that I really like. With I saw 84 all-purpose yards against the Vikings. I uh, had a good punt return, had that 34-yard touchdown reception. You saw the speed on that touchdown uh, run after the catch. So... I like what he's doing. He was one of my stock up guys on the sports not article. And I think he has a legit chance. And if he, if he gets a lot of snaps and he shows out again, it, it's going to go well for him. Yeah. Yeah, it will. And you brought up the point about special teams too, because I think that's a key, a key area. We talked about some of the miscues on special teams. And so I'm, I'm interested to watch this game too, to see, because uh, I would assume with the lot, the first two weeks with some, some, big glaring mistakes on on special teams that they've worked on it a little more and um, and they're able to kind of get it tightened up. But one of the things, too, I saw some discussion around this uh, with Hunter Renfro now signing that new deal and what he's doing. If I'm the Raiders, I do not I no longer have him doing kicks. Right. Uh, Pump returns as well. And so I think this is where a guy like DJ Turner or Tyron Johnson, one of those guys or, or Hollins are, are, are so important because you're losing that Renfro piece um, uh, on the punt return side of it on special teams. You need somebody to fill that spot. You need somebody who's going to be able to create there uh, with the new kicking rules and all the rules in the NFL. It's harder these days, but nonetheless, that's another reason why these wide receiver roles are so important. Yeah, and definitely Hunter Renfro is one of the slipperiest guys I've seen do punt returns. So yes. he's hard to bring down. Not the fastest guy, but he's hard to corral and bring down. But I don't, as you said, I don't want that guy getting hurt because all respect to Mac Collins, Keelan Cole, DJ Turner, and Tyron Johnson. But if you have if one of those guys has to be your wide receiver two all of a sudden, no. Eh, even though you got Darren Wall there, I, 
you know, you don't feel as comfortable with that. So keep Hunter yeah. Renfro healthy and all the fuel. No, it's like having a plane with four engines and you lose one. Yeah, you could fly with three, but you're not going to be as good as you are with four. And so you want to keep Hunter Renfro healthy. And even though he did it for the team before, and we all loved watching it to your point because he was so elusive and his feet are so quick, uh, it's not something you want to do. So uh, it'll be interesting to see who develops there and how they address it. I want to see in this game what they do on special teams as well from your point on Thursday or excuse me, on Tuesday, which was um, um, lanes, keeping the lane integrity on kickoff and punt because that's been an issue. And so some of those guys, and again, some of these guys will earn their roster spot by their special teams play. And so you want to see that, uh, and some of these guys are going to have to do that if they want to make the roster. Yeah, special teams is someone reached out to me on Twitter. I forgot his Twitter handle. Shout out to him, though. He said he wanted to hear national media talk more about the Raiders and even the beat reporters just talk more about the Raiders special teams issues. He feels like a, not a lot of people have touched on it and kudos to you because you're the guy who, who wanted to bring it up and do a segment on it. And you're like, yeah, people don't want to hear about special teams, but it's important because if you remember the green Bay Packers in the playoffs oh. earlier this year, they lost that game to the 49ers partially because well, a large part because of their special teams unit. And that's why they brought in Rich Versace yeah. to fix that problem. So the Raiders have some issues to work out in that third phase of the game. They do, and and they can again close games in the NFL. Sometimes you know nobody wants to leave it to a kicker, but sometimes it's field position, right? Sometimes mm -hmm. it's a punt late in the game when you have a small lead, and you got to keep the defense in a better position to help win the game for you instead of giving the offense a short field. So that's why it matters, and so I'm going to be watching that as well. Well, Mo, it's good. It's just football, and I know we're going to be back on Saturday which will be like our fifth day in a row. We didn't think we were going to do five days in a row, but we're just so jazzed up because you guys keep us going. You guys are like our gasoline, right? I mean, it's been amazing, dude, with this with the Odyssey Original Podcast. Our audience has grown so quickly. We had a great core audience, and we still hear from all those folks, but the audience has grown so quickly, and they're so interactive. Right, and I try to drop in when, when the video drops on YouTube to interact yeah. with people. So please join us in the live chat when these videos drop because I try to interact with everyone. Even on Twitter, yes. sometimes you guys give feedback there. And we try to answer questions as much as we can when Scott doesn't yell at me about answering too many questions <laughs> and not leaving enough content for the show. So I, we try to interact and make it fun and, and make it worthwhile for you guys. We do. Absolutely. Thank you guys for your support. As always, it's just huge and uh, it really keeps us going. It gives us the energy. We both work hard at what we do and uh, we have multiple things that we do. So we're doing we're doing something all the time. And so to do this and to keep the energy we have, it's all because of you guys. You guys keep it going and we certainly appreciate that. And I know uh, Mo and I will forever be grateful for that and we'll continue to give you our best uh, and believe me, even, you know, we, we try to thank everybody who, who gives us kudos. We, we try to interact with people who, who give us good criticisms too. Like if we forget something or if you disagree with us, we love that. Like we love the respectful debate because we're wrong all the time. At least I am. Mo's always right. I'm wrong. But uh, <laughs> we, we get a chance to interact with you guys. And it's awesome because that to me is what Raider Nation is all about. It's all about being family and talking and just sometimes saying, no, you're full of it. But at the end of the day, we can sit down and have a beer together. So thank you for that, and uh, we'll, we appreciate it. And we look forward to doing it again. So, Mo, we'll see you, and, of course, Murph will join us uh, after the game. This week I'm hoping, and I'm pretty sure, 99%, that we won't have a technical. We had a technical issue after the last game. 
which drove me nuts. I didn't sleep the whole night because of it because I'm a perfectionist when it comes to that stuff. But it's going to be fun to climb back on with Murph and get his opinion on that and and, and take a look at uh, what the Raiders are up to, what they were able to accomplish this week. Yeah, Murph adds a great touch to the show from the fan perspective, and I love having him on because he always brings a, he always brings something to the table that I didn't even see that I didn't notice because he has that fan perspective. Because you know we we kind of identify as the professional journalist types, and it's always good. And I, and I don't like the divide of fans and journalists. I like to, yeah. as you said, it's a community. We're all in this together, and Murph just brings another side to it that I often enjoy. Well, and I love it because Murph never candy coats anything. When things go well, he's going to cheerlead, and that's totally great. Like, that's fine, and he should. If, if a player – if Derek Carr goes out and throws eight touchdowns and, and passes for 600 yards, great. But if Derek Carr goes out and passes for 80 yards and six interceptions, he's going to call it what it is, right? So, mm-hmm. so that's what I love about him. That's why he's on this show with us because he's honest. You're always going to get true feelings. It's not going to be rose or silver and black colored glasses. It's not going to be overly negative. It's not going to be overly positive just for the sake of it. He's going to give it to you like it is. So we appreciate that. And we look forward to doing it. Yeah, that'll be right after the game on Saturday. It'll be live. That one we do absolutely live, uh, which will be this fly still coming through my studio. Uh, We do that live on YouTube and we do it on Twitch now. So it'll be this week starting on Twitch. So if you're a gamer or you like watching your stuff on Twitch... Twitch, you'll be able to um, see us there as well. And we'll interact live with you too. We'll answer your questions as they come in. Uh, and in addition to uh, when we premiere videos during the week. All right, Mo, let's get out of here for the night. Uh, it's Friday night. We're going to go have some fun. We're going to go relax. And then we'll be right back at you Saturday. Yeah, I'm just going to have some sushi. Maybe nice. watch some, you know, get, get ready for some WNBA, you know, like Darren Waller, get, you know, get some rehab from injury. So I'm, back in full force for the next week and then cuts come up. So that that's going to be, it's going to be interesting Huge. how the Raiders handle their cuts when it gets down to 80 plays because we're getting very, very close to the 50 man roster cut down. Absolutely. Yeah. It's going to be a big week and we'll have lots of coverage of that and uh, more. I am sure. All right. For Mo Moten, I am Scott Branson. As always, make sure you subscribe to the show, whether you're on audio, whether you're on video, it doesn't matter. Uh, just please do that for us and uh, give us a five-star rating. If you're listening to us on Apple or Google or Spotify, wherever you get it, please do that for us. And if you're on YouTube, subscribe, hit the notification bells, and get your friends at Raider Nation to subscribe wherever you're listening or watching this show. Uh, We certainly appreciate that. Until next time, have a great weekend, Raider Nation. Be good to one another. Be positive. It's a good time to be alive. It's a good time to be a member of Raider Nation. We'll talk to you tomorrow.